Hi everyone, and welcome to another sauntering podcast with me, Paul White. I'm coming to you from the beautiful town of Weymouth in Dorset by the sparkling blue sea. It never rains, it's always sunny. This podcast began during lockdown. We galloped through or sauntered through many, many books of the Bible now. I'm a disciple of Jesus and my job is to encourage you and encourage other people to walk with him. Hi everyone, today I am with the very wonderful Dasha Safrahina, did I say that right? Yeah, Safrahina. And I'm going to let her introduce herself. Dasha, just tell us a bit about yourself, how old you are, roughly, approximately, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and what you've been doing um, over the past few years, and mm-hmm. I'll ask you some questions along the way. Okay. Uh, hi, everyone. Yeah. I'm 29 now, and uh, my American friends call me Christmas baby because my birthday is on 25th of December. Oh, Gabriel <laughs> or Mary or something. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm originally from uh, the north of Ukraine, but since 2016, I've been coming to Donbass, and I've been living here since 2017, 2017. Um, I... <clears throat> I've always served at the church because I cannot imagine living my life without God and doing something for people. And so you're a singer? Yes, I, I was on the worship team and here in Donbass as well until they uh, occupied our village where I was living for four years. Which was... Which was Novotoshkivsky, and this was uh, twenty twenty two. Uh, it used to be red zone, the last village under Ukrainian uh, authority, uh, and then uh, in twenty twenty two they bombed it completely, destroyed it. Wow. So now I miss most of all working with children, having mm, kids camps. Spending time with them because my house, my apartment there would be open like 24 hours, seven this days a week. This was before. Yes, this was before the invasion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they would come, we would have tea, coffee, uh, playing the guitar, singing, playing uh, volleyball, doing Bible studies and so on. And um, so you were saying this was in the red zone. So this mm-hmm. was during the time of the separatist movement. Yeah. Which uh, was going on from twenty from twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. and so what was it like during that time to live, like right on the edge of? Well, uh, I wasn't there from the very beginning of this uh, special operation, as they called mm-hmm. it. Uh, I know that uh, there were times when, in the village, there were three pupils for the first of September to be to go to school. I think it's 2015. But then people, uh, many people left and out of more than 3,000 people, there were 400 or 600 approximately left. 
Wow. So people left in a big group or gradually over a few years? I actually don't know that. But as I uh, was living there, I saw some people leave. I saw people dreaming about leaving to some other place mm -hmm. because it was very close to a red zone. It was not developing. Just only workplaces were uh, village club, village school, uh, drugstore, and mm -hmm. uh, three or four shops. And that's wow. it. Yeah. And the mine, but the miners had to uh, commute to work like 15 kilometers okay. from that place. So it's like a kind of mining community, is it, really? Yeah, it was made uh, around the mine, but the uh -huh. mine was closed in 2000. And right. since then, the village started dying. Yeah. <clears throat> and they, I don't know, uh, many charitable organizations like Red Cross or OSCE or um, Vostok Soas, they would call it Fifty Shades of Grey because it's oh. really uh, not that prosperous yeah didn't have a supermarket but for me it became my second home really yeah. and after a year i spent i came to work there as a teacher because many teachers left in 2014 and they gave me all the uh, grades like from the first to the 11th i was wow. very uh, non-experienced just after the university yeah but that is how god fulfilled my dream of working with children Working with children and uh, I was praying, Jesus, please, not school and not village. Because I hate it when you have no private life and in the village you have no private life. <laughs> and especially when you're a teacher, everybody knows yeah. you. And you. Oh, where are you going? Can I come with you? Uh, what are you going um, in the field for? Oh, why can't you go with me? Why can't I go with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I used to so you sneak. always had a trail of little children following uh, yeah, you everywhere you and went. I used to sneak uh, maybe when it became uh, darker I used to sneak out of the village and into the fields oh that was my favorite place <laughs> and I had my favorite tree I used to pray underneath it and it was the best times wow. really best times I had there wow <clears throat> and once I uh used to have a dream of going to Africa as a missionary. And I remember one night I was sitting there praying for this village, for the teachers and the kids and my friends. And uh, the moon was behind me and I saw uh, the shade, or how is it called, of a tree. A silhouette. A, yeah, yeah, silhouette of the tree behind me. And it, it looked like uh, an African baobab. I know. Uh, yeah. And I heard God told me so distinctly, this is your Africa. Wow, my goodness. Yeah. So, so there you are. <laughs> so all the things you weren't hoping for. <laughs> yeah. But it turned out to be the best experience wow. ever. Because I got those kids. I love them and they felt it. So we made friends. And now that they are scattered around Ukraine and we have one girl in Czech Republic. But we still keep in touch. That's we have amazing. Zoom meetings. Yeah. And uh, I have a dream of gathering them in summer at some place. I don't know. For at least two or three days. Yeah. To have this communion. Or uh, not, not communion, like but a, time together. Yeah. Special camp or something. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so, oh my goodness. So then, so you were living on the edge pretty much during that time of the special operation. Mm-hmm so called and then suddenly 
it, everything's just gone off the scale and it's full-scale invasion. Yes, actually we didn't expect that because everybody, I remember, everybody used to make jokes about it. Like, no, what do you mean war? We are living at war because we heard quite often the explosions sometimes, uh, especially in May, before the 9th of May, the victory mm -hmm. day for Russians. Oh, yeah. They would shoot every night, but I I am Jesus' beloved because I sleep at night very tight. <laughs> so as when my mom calls and asks, how how was it? Is it okay? I'm like, yeah, I've slept the whole night and didn't hear anything. And when wow. I would come to school, I would hear some teachers, oh, I got sick and tired of this. My husband counted 40-something uh, income, income, um, incomes? Incoming. Incoming. Yeah. And I'm like, really? I'm wow. sleeping. But they would not shoot people at that time. Right. They so there was some limits. Into the fields, yes. And uh, only, uh, as I lived in Novotoshkivsky, I remember only two times that they shot the village itself. So near school and near another building, but everybody was okay. Just wow. But then suddenly everything's mm -hmm. changed. It's not yeah. okay anymore. Yeah, I remember it's, it was, I was in Lysychansk then. I, uh, I mm, stopped working at school. I knew it was God saying, okay, this is the end. I didn't realize why. It was so painful. It's like since September 2021, it's become so hard to be at school. The headmistress would be... Uh, so hard on me for anything and i was like seeking for justice god why i'm spending my whole life at school and after mm -hmm. school i'm with kids so why is she mad at me at, at nothing right and so then i understood that okay he says to me stop and leave because i wouldn't have gone if he hadn't right. made these circumstances so hard so uh i quit uh by 1st November 2021 and then uh, whole November I was crying, weeping, asking questions and uh, going once a week to Novotoshkivske to my apartment, gathering teens as I used to they were getting offended at me like why you have left oh. us you promised you would never do this so, so that was not easy either yeah but they loved me, so they, um, I asked, I said, sorry, they knew my relationship with God, I could speak openly with them, mm -hmm. so I explained that, okay, this period is over, and I'm hurting inside as well as you are, mm. so they uh, forgave me, <laughs> and uh, they, uh, they, we kept communicating, and then I remember going uh, to some um, studies, for this youth project that I'm working on online now. And uh, I got a couple of connections there. And then uh, I remember uh, just December, we had lots of work to do in Lysychansk, all the uh, holidays and uh, kids, uh, well, not camps, but these events, you know, Christmas. before Christmas, yeah. yeah. And we even, me, my sister and Church can Nasta, get very busy. Yeah, yeah, Nasta and Sveta, <clears throat> so for girls we fell ill because of the exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And then uh, January, like two weeks we were resting, I started having uh, training sessions in um, Lysychansk uh, offline. I went to schools and then 
I remember one night, it was um, February 20, no, no, not February 23rd. Uh, <clears throat> then Mark came mm-hmm. uh, to my village and we we went there with Kate and Mark. <clears throat> so Kate is Dash's sister, oh, yeah. Mark mm-hmm. Wade, as you know. Uh, so we were there on the 18th of February and they started shooting pretty badly. So Mark is like, okay, we are out of here. So we had to leave. I was like, why? It's usually... <laughs> Come on, you baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he was very serious and very strict. He, he would not listen to me like, oh, compromise. So we left. And at that night, a uh, village got shot, uh, one building, that everybody was okay. So some people left already. So uh, they shot... So the war, the invasion for that village started earlier than on February mm-hmm. 24th. So I remember uh, 23rd night, Sasha's calling me. It's my co-worker from school, my good friend, young guy who's on the volunteer team now with us. So he's calling me and says, are you home? I can come for tea. And I'm like, okay. So we are sitting there communicating in Lisi Chant and his brother Kola calls and says, we are having heavily uh, shot. Or yeah, because he mm-hmm. nearly got killed, didn't he, in that first strike? Well, it was not that first strike, but it was uh, furthermore. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was very, yeah, yeah very Yeah, landed really dangerous. near, didn't it, when the shot? Mm-hmm, and he got, uh, con- not concussion, how would yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Well, so it was like, and Sasha's like, I'm coming to get him, I'm coming. And I remember Koala on the phone and me uh, with Sasha like, stop. The road is very dangerous because on the one side it's Ukrainian and on the other it's Russian territory. So ah, it was very uh, abrupt, like suddenly, I don't know, very sudden. Yeah. yeah. So they went. They had their parents and their. Because uh, they had a little farm, didn't they? Yes, they had uh, fifteen, two cows and thirteen calves. Mm. and pigs and tractor and uh, fields mm. so yeah they are very young little businessmen <laughs> yeah they are they're beautiful yeah they're very good very great and they've become my two brothers mm. i've always be- uh, dreamt of having a elder brother mm. i now i have younger but though they are younger than me they are like elderly, <laughs> well, not elderly, <laughs> but uh, older. No, 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 older than me. I mean, more experienced, more. They boss you around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I really love having them as my family. Yeah, they're fabulous. So, so we just started... so you went to pick up Kolya, mm-hmm. and he was pretty shaken up, I should think. Well, uh, we didn't actually return to pick him up. Yeah, right. we waited till morning. So Sasha left at four or five when it started, like in the whole Ukraine, mm-hmm. and we saw the explosions on the on Kremlin site and uh, mm-hmm. Severodonetsk because I I lived in the fourth floor, so it was visible. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't really remember loud. my first time uh, when I went to the village, but we just started bringing bread because. Uh, here, there, we didn't have electricity, and no electricity means no connection, no um, warming systems inside. Mm-hmm. So, n- no water uh, supplying anymore, and they kept constantly shooting the 
and then the this thing the tower. tower yeah mm-hmm. so people could not know what happens in the rest mm-hmm. of Ukraine he kept trying to keep you yeah. isolated yeah so i remember first time when we came to the village they were like how could you get there it's so dangerous and they saw already some people killed and heard the news and we just started i remember we had like 200 loaves of bread or maybe 100 at first time their granny this little beautiful granny she's like i'm going to help Kola milk cows my oh. little Kola, he's there all alone she oh. was shaking with fear but she oh, but she still uh, was Babushka. in that car and i remember sasha's like okay so do what your christian's doing usually uh, so this was his uh, asking me to pray. <laughs> to pray, yeah. Do whatever it is you do, yeah. please. But hurry and, up. But I just, I listened to myself and I listened inside just God. And I felt that everything would be okay. So I was so close back then, like all the time on this connection with, and just communicating inside. With maybe God. With God, yeah. Wow. And you felt like it was closer and more real than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Than ever. And uh, I was moving only with him and asking mm-hmm. him. And I knew it, it took like this this quick to decide. Wow. But I knew that he was leading me. Kind of moment by moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I remember telling Sasha and their grannies, everything will be okay. We will go. We will leave bread to Gola. You will help him milk uh, cows and we will get back okay. And we had... Um, curfew at 5 p.m. It was very, very small window. Mm -hmm. So it would become dark and the roads were like visible from everywhere, but we didn't get shot. We weren't, uh, they weren't aiming at us. Mm -hmm. So we started coming and at least like three of us, we became this volunteer team. (laughs) And I remember in uh, Lysychansk, my pastor, I was staying in the church because we had some people staying of those because their apartments were shot, there were no windows, and it was mm-hmm. cold. cold. So yeah. they came to our place, and it, uh, miraculously, all the church building, like all the windows were okay, and all around, there were no the win- windows in the buildings around Gosh. church. Yeah, yeah, and I remember when it, uh, the first uh, they put some grenade or something for from the quadrocopter or I don't know on the military vehicle that was standing not far from church and that uh, that killed all the windows in the uh, but we got only our front door open and I remember me telling pastor you see God tells us to let people in. <laughs> He's opened the door for yeah, us. Yeah, and it was just, just the door would open, but, but it was locked. Like. So people came into the church building for refuge. Yes. And, and they you were feeding stay. them and taking care yeah, of them. Yeah, feeding and taking care. And eventually they started like having some order and uh, they became, they started cooking and telling me, Dasha, no, you're not going anywhere till you eat something. <laughs> oh, I because, love that. Yes. Yeah, because at that time, I was running through the whole town. Every drugstore would be closed and then open for five minutes. And then the, the huge queues. Yeah. And we had to get all the medicine for babushkas, for grannies in Novotoshkiske. 
Oh, so it was, and then. So you were going backwards and forwards. Yeah, and I had no car, so I was like running, racing through the uh, town, and. but but I lost some kilograms. It was okay. <laughs> it was yeah. great. You were your fittest self. Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, and I remember then we started like thinking with Sasha. Okay, Kolya was left in the village because he couldn't uh, leave uh, uh, cattle. Yeah, yeah, the cows. And because it was Sasha's greatest dream. So he decided to lay his life for Sasha, for his brother and uh, his dream. And he like he was staying there, and Sasha was in Lysychansk, and he would, he this was maybe his first time of coming to church in Lysychansk. I don't know, he's been to some Orthodox church, but not to uh, Pentecostal, not not to any, uh, evangelical, yeah, Baptist or yeah, some kind this kind of church. So he started coming, and we had like, uh many people coming like volunteers and mm. chaplains so he got acquainted with them and when it was it becoming it started becoming more dangerous with every day and even with every hour in Novotoshkovsky because they were encircling uh, right. the village so they were coming closing in yeah, on yeah. the territory yeah and the military there they were awfully uh, kept i mean no supplies were get got to them because oh, so they, they were wrote. they were looked after badly by yeah, the state. Very, yes, yeah. very badly. And I remember one uh, the last blog post on our side, and the guys there from the seventeenth tank unit, um, they would have only what we brought. So, uh, for example, bread. Uh, Kola would give them some canned uh, vegetables from the. From, from the house, uh, we brought even water because they were supplied only one time with one ton of water, and that's it. Wow. Uh, Did you say the, they were getting the water out the river and stuff at one point? Well, it was for, in Lysychansk, not Novotoshkivsk. Right. Yeah, it was, it's another story. But in Luhansk region, the situation with supply was awful uh, and because it was very dangerous, and the supplies would know the roads or the road w- would be very heavily shot. Uh, all blown up and yeah damaged and i don't know well i know why because god kept us safe so we soldiers were looking at us like are you people crazy you don't even have an armored um, vehicle or a vest or anything to to protect yourself and they were very angry with me like you girl you're going without anything <laughs> i'm like i don't have anything yeah <laughs> so oh, that was, uh, so we would bring stuff to kola's uh, place and he would bring it to soldiers and to the village, to babushkas and so on, and to everybody who so needed it. So he became like an informal distribution hub yeah. for food. And, and he was very much medicine. afraid. Yeah, food, medicine, candles, lighters. Um, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. What, we started even bringing water because they didn't have electricity. Mm-hmm. And the water uh, wells were only in the field, like two kilometers on the shelling, so they were mm-hmm. afraid to go. Some of them went, but some of them were afraid. So we tried to bring like five liter bottles for grannies or people with kids. And all this time we were persuading them, please leave. We can evacuate you, please. And they would, I remember the <coughs> eyes of headmistress. I don't know why, but I remembered her. She was so desperate. She was like, 
where can we go? The whole Ukraine is bombed oh. like this. Oh. And I'm like, no, not the whole Ukraine. Um, so you started evacuating people? Yeah, like, I don't know. It looked like firstly almost making people with kids because they trusted what, us. What were you using as a vehicle? Just a Mercedes, uh, not passenger, but just usual. Just a van. A van with, uh, for example, we would bring uh, bread and water and medicine and candles and everything they needed we, yeah. and we can and backwards we would take people and they wow. were they agreed to sit on the floor on their bags uh, yeah. just even standing Gosh. and as soon as we made our first uh, evac they were like they would somehow call at the and got these two seconds of saying we all right we are in the Nipro region come it's much safer here oh, really? we don't yeah. live in the basement yeah and they started moving like so. Uh, did they? Where did you drop them? At Lysychanska Church, our and, church. And then they did they get a bus or something? Uh, then uh, churches were very active. Yeah. Uh, concerning evacuation, and at that time, Save Ukraine, uh, this charitable fund or charitable CO, I don't know. They started um, evacuating very rapidly and very actively so we would yeah we would for example bring people together to one spot oh no at once we at first we had evac trains so we would bring okay. them to lisi chan's church yeah. feed them like have them wash their hands or faces uh, spending some couple of hours just to rest and then we would take them to uh, the train yeah it was uh, free then when the train stopped going well, we started uh, pastor and many brothers from Severodonetsk or from Lysychansk, they would just use uh, vehicles to bring them straightly to Dnipro or to Chernitsi or to Romanian wow, border. Wow, so it was a long drive. Yeah, wow. and they were like sleepy all the time. Yeah. And uh, for them it was a bit scary as well because when they were uh, moving out of Donbass, it was okay, but they were moving when they were returning like the huge long queues would stand on one side of the road. And as my pastor told me once, he said, I thought, am I crazy? Everybody's going out and I'm going in. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming back for <laughs> yeah. more. So oh at, at the time, I remember I was in the church just looking after people and doing everything. And then they were looking after me as well. And Sasha uh, was living in Lysychansk in some, uh, his uncle's apartment. And then uh, we finally uh, well, started doing something with the cattle. Some they cut, uh, the, some of them they uh, killed yeah. for meat yeah. and uh, sold it or even just presented meat to uh, people. Wow. Uh, yeah. And some of them they could um, evacuate to one farm near Lysychansk. But it was in vain because after some time that farm was uh, very heavily shot as well mm. so probably every every yeah i remember sasha saying mm -hmm. that he lost all his cattle yeah that's hard isn't it yeah for them for sasha it was like he loved every uh calf and he yeah. doesn't eat beef because he says i love them oh, okay my friends yeah. oh yeah and so then, presumably, at some point, Lysychansk mm -hmm. became occupied as well. And yeah, Novotoshkysk and Lysychansk. And we started thinking, like, further, okay, pastor, pastor would think, okay, if Lysychansk is occupied, 
Severodonetsk was occupied and he's like, okay, we have to look for some base if we want to stay this team. Yeah. It was made eventually. So, Kolya, uh, Sasha, me, my dad, uh, Ruslan from Severodonetsk, Deacon from the church and Pastor Nikolai mm-hmm. uh, from Vesichan. So, yeah. like six core people and we started thinking, okay, we agreed that we want to stay and we want to help people yeah. because we were useful. We knew the situation and, and the roads and we had all the connections with the administrative services or military or police. So we moved to Bakhmut. Right. We didn't want to, hate the idea. But uh, our friend has led us into his house. It seems odd now from where we are thinking of going to Bakhmut for safety, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But back then it was perfectly fine. It had electricity trams going on and everything. Uh. Working shops and even some gyms were open. Wow. Schools were working as well. Yeah. So we uh, then we moved to Bakhmut and st- st- kept going to Lisichansk. Then the road was the main highway. It's called a live highway from Bakhmut to Lisichansk. It was closed because uh, Russians got too near. Mm-hmm. So we started going, like, circling around and going through Sivers. The road was extremely bumpy, extremely dirty, like you could draw on your face oh, yeah. <laughs> from the dust. But Jesus let us do so much then. Amazing. And Sivers was heavily bombed at that time. And I remember Sasha and my dad making two or three times a day to see what can bringing out like each time eight nine people one time it was 11 uh 12 people in uh, t5 for it's fine yeah so, uh, my yeah. goodness me wow and, and then, so did you ever come under direct fire did anyone actually ever try to take you out while uh, you were driving or was it uh, just me no thank god and... he he's always kept me safe yeah. and only one, I remember only one time, it was the closest. Oh, no, two times. One in Popasna and another one in uh, Lisichansk. In Popasna, I was with Peter from Volin region. I was in the car thinking of giving medicine. We were standing near the school where approximately 70 people lived in the basement. So I had all the medicine sorted because they asked for it. And we were the only volunteers coming to Bobasna. I know that for sure. Mm. Uh, because, and I was thinking, okay, Petro, here's the lady from school. Why don't I give all the medicine to her and not going to school? And he's like, okay, well, it's not difficult to, to drive. We were like 50 meters from school yard. Mm. And I remember sitting in the van in the front. He's like, He's out talking to people. I'm with this box of medicine, the lady is standing near the car, and it, poof, I didn't hear, we didn't see anything, and I remember uh, the mirror falling out, wow. down, the uh, door mm, holder, or how, handle, inside. Yeah. yeah, it went off, wow. I don't know how, the, the glass went, crackled, or shattered, all sh- over. shattered yeah. yeah, but it didn't break, okay, and I'm like wondering, what just happened? I don't know. Of course, I put the box down and I left the car, so lie down on earth. And, 
and now there was one more shot, but everything is okay. I even I now cannot understand how I I didn't feel anything, but all these technical things they were falling and breaking. <laughs> so this was one time, and I knew it was Jesus just telling me, okay, you want it and give this medicine here, not there, because they shot at very spot where we would stay Gosh. with our ve yeah. vehicle. Wow. And another time with Kola, we were on the, our church van. Pastor, I don't remember what happened then, but he just, I don't want to go. Can you, Koila, drive? He's like, of course I can. I, I'd love to. So we went to uh, Privilia. It's out suburbs of Lysychansk. And at that day, the, it was very heavily missiled, or how to call it. And the police wouldn't let us come into. And we're like, come on, people are waiting for us. Uh, they know that we're coming. We talked on the phone. And that no, we cannot uh, let you in. Just be there on the road, like maybe five kilometers from Privilia. And we will drive people out and pass them to you. We're like, okay. So we were waiting for two hours in the sun. It was very hot. And I'm looking, okay, train is in two hours. If I train from um, Pokrovsk. At that time, we started bringing people to evacuation train in Pokrovsk already. And we're like watching police car passing by and they are waving at us, stay, stay, don't go. And I'm like, okay, Kola, come on. What are we waiting for? We have train in two hours. And he's like, you don't joke with the police. I'm like, we're not joking, we're going to people. So um, we went and we came to that school and police is like, they're shooting from maybe you know, 100 meters or two meters. Police is like, what are you doing here? But then people saw us and like, oh, Dasha, oh, Kola, we were waiting for you. No questions anymore. So we started like loading people. And it was um, nine-seated open Vivaro. But we had maybe 13 people. And I remember myself sitting between the wheel. No, the, the driver's seat and those two seats in front. And me between somewhere. I wow. don't know. Wow. <laughs> So, and as uh, soon as we s started driving, they, sh they stopped, started shooting it again. They killed a ge German Shepherd dog oh. in the street. And then somebody didn't close the doors the, behind, the, yeah. in the, the, back door. the back door. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And they open and some bags are out. And oh, this when no. we start talking, out. oh, this is my bag. Oh. I have my medication in it. Stop, stop. And from some people from the back seat started like, no, don't just keep going, keep going. Just drop, drop. Oh my. But Colin did stop uh, and he took the bags and police would be beeping like to, to pass us. Oh gosh. So, but everything, it went okay. I knew again, Jesus gave me that piece. I show, I heard the sh the shooting. I knew approximately where it was landing, but I knew, okay, we just, we should just drive and everything will be okay. Though it's against the rules. I know that we should leave the vehicle and go somewhere to, to hide. So this is the closest, but I've never seen people killed in my eyes as boys did. Wow. Uh, I've never been shot at districtly in the van mm -hmm. as boys did. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, God is good to me.
Wow, he loves you, Dasha. Yes, very much. Yeah, time gosh. Urgent needs that we didn't have anybody else. For example, boys had only one car, like old uh, uh, Jiguli, or you know what that is? Jiguli. Oh, is it like a... A ladder. A ladder. Oh, oh, my. Mm-hmm. So we would use this uh, ladder fifth. Uh, and bring uh, to bring stuff in but after we understood that we have to evacuate people we we started asking and pastors like okay no I won't give my car for this it's too dangerous and I have to evacuate people I have responsibilities then I remember asking another pastor from Sergeant he's like no I won't give you transport because uh, there are many more people to be saved than this just little village and it's too dangerous. And then, oh, come on. I remember one night just sitting late at night, crying before God, like, God, please, we have to evacuate people. And especially Kolya called uh, Sasha and told that uh, they, were heavily, they were heavily shot that night and that some people got injured, some got um, broken um, Bones. Collarbones. Yeah, collarbones. Mm. And they had to be evacuated. And Sasha's like, okay, I can go back and forth, back and forth, but I can evacuate at least four people in roughly without, with no things. And then uh, at that, then, um, so it was the day before. And next day uh, comes a team from Berlin. And uh, I remember pastor from Severodonetsk telling, okay, I cannot give you my van, but you can ask Peter if he lets it, uh, you use it. And I, I remember this guy, now we're friends with him. He would walk in, he had his uh, leg broken in this, um, I don't know. Plastic cast. Pla- yeah, yeah, plastic cast. Like... Uh, how would you call it? Limping. Limping, yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, hello, my name is P- Petro. What's oh. wrong? What's wrong? Why are you crying? Crying? And so I explained the situation very roughly. He's like, I'm ready to go. Where? where? I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so we went with him. And it was amazing. Like, I don't know how many times, like two times that day, we were able to get people to um, hospital. and. Wow as well uh, to evacuate some others who were already sitting on the bags. And another time, I remember I had many loaves of bread and we bought and ma- much water, many buckets, well, not buckets, bottles. bottles, yeah. And even these jars, huge, like 50 yeah. liters, and, and we had no transport. And then uh, Horo, a team from Horohiv, our very good friends, I already knew them at the time they came and he Andrew looks at Peter Peter looks at Andrew this is another it sounds Peter. like a scene from the uh-huh, chosen yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is another Peter not from uh, not, not from the Bible yeah. yeah and uh, they're looking at each other Peter like are you crazy Andrew this uh, he had uh, either a Mercedes or Renault van Either white or bright yellow. I don't remember. Oh right, it's visible. Are you crazy going? Yeah, going with it. And he's like, "This is my van for business. Why don't I use it?" And he, but you better give me some diapers. (laughs) 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 
so they as well went to Novotorsky's camp. Kolya would show them the, um, the road and the routes. He knew where the people were, yeah. in what building, how many people there were. So, And every time the, of this really desperation, almost, uh, almost like, okay, I have no way out. God, please help. And he would send some people or some money or... Yeah. Uh, vehicles. This so uh, good. not a single time he failed. Wow. And as well, at that time, I understood what people like non-Christian what they saw in us in believers, because we were living in the church and many of them were staying in our basement. It, it was very kind of wet, not uh, warm enough, so children started mm-hmm. getting sick. And we could not persuade them to like to get to at least first floor or to second floor. We had uh, thick walls because it used to be um, a theater or cinema and then a bank. So they had yeah. it had strong walls. And I remember this. Okay, you're going up with me, and I was asking and asking, please. And one granny, she almost died. She was she had. I don't remember, 39 temperature. So, wow. And she was hiding it. She was afraid that we would think it would be Corona and oh. push her out. And mm. I'm like, nope, why didn't you tell us? We would help you. So I like grabbed her. She was so thinking, no, please, you know, I can stay here. I'm perfect. And no, you're coming up. Wow. <laughs> so I had, um, uh, I got a good friend, Ira, then, with two uh, girls. They they uh, had been coming to church for two years already to um, Sunday school. Uh-huh. And she uh, came uh, to church only after their windows were blew up. So, and she, I remember she and her husband, they told us that, oh, I regret not having uh, come to church earlier, but only wow. when there were yeah. uh, outrage. So she repented. So they saw something... For real in you guys, didn't they? Uh, yes, and she would help. So she was she she is a social worker actually, yeah. and she would take care of every like granny it was so tender really? like a true oh, Christian. So I good. I got amazed by her. Yeah. Uh, so we would take people out of the basement uh, a bit upper because for me I knew I was praying like every minute, uh, and I knew we would be okay. So yeah. I had no fear inside. Somehow I knew that as soon as we're here, God will protect us. This is his church. We are his children. So then we started having meals like all together. This long table, like 30 people. And I would play the guitar. Uh, uh, And they asked for lyrics. So I had to uh, get all those um, lyrics um, journals that I put aside somewhere like into the... Uh, storage into the storage for not using them but yeah. I had to get them Dig out, them out yeah. and we would sing and like no, non-believers and even we had some teachers from Novotoshkiske living with us as well so they would sing like Christian songs yeah. and they used to call me like a fanatic or something <laughs> <laughs> so, but now they're joining in yeah and this was so the like, best time and <laughs> now even uh, one young lady she had um five-year-old daughter she's now in france and she's 
still keeps answering my stories on Instagram and she says, I remember that was the best time when you dragged us out of the basement into the kitchen and we would have that meal together and sing. Oh. And they, they started um, living yeah, upstairs. Yeah. And I realized that, okay, my private life is over. I couldn't, I couldn't ha have every, a single minute to myself. I had to sleep with them because I saw when I left, they would get back to the uh, basement. So I had yeah. to be with them in church room, the big mm -hmm. hall, where we would have uh, earlier, we would have church services. So we had uh, benches and they were uh, like this. Yeah. So not... Uh, yeah. Uh, so we would just sleep on benches. And I yeah. saw uh, when I stayed and slept, they were also there. But when I... There were only two times that I went to my apartment just to have rest, to be alone. Yeah. Uh, and they told me that they were in the basement. Oh, <laughs> they retreated. So I was like, okay, Yeah. I will stay. But I realized how true Jesus' power is in his disciples at wow. that time. So cool. Yeah. Awesome. So I met you, you were here in Slovyansk, Slovyansk mm -hmm. um, just before Christmas and so you've been here now and the territory that some of the territory that was occupied has been deoccupied mm -hmm. but Lisa Chance and so on is still yeah occupied. our whole region almost whole region yeah. is still occupied and what mm. about your plans <sighs> what do you what do you, do you feel like you've done something now and that's a chapter that's done or do you feel like no I'm still I need to press on with this or is this all kind of uh, sometimes I think that uh, we are really useful here and sometimes it's like oh come on you're not moving on with your life what are you going to do after the war yeah. Uh, for example, when every volunteer that comes to us, they have a house, they have a home to return to. Yeah. And this is great. I thank God for this, that they can this have this ability to serve and be back to... Um, but this house place. is just being lent to you. Yeah, it's, it's a temporary arrangement. Yeah. yeah. She was, the owner was very kind. She's like, okay. Because every owner in the surroundings, they, as soon as they hear that we are volunteers and we will be having people coming, to stay there oh no no sorry we are afraid uh no and she's the was the one who said yes and this is perfect again so God it's been a it. massive hub mm -hmm. hasn't it people coming and going i mean yeah. every time i've been here there's been hundreds well not hundreds but <laughs> maybe dozens over yeah. a few days coming to stay for mm -hmm. a night or two eating your food loading vans unloading vans oh yeah and meeting off. with soldiers yeah, and yeah. leaving the some bags for soldiers to pick up or soldiers leave some bags, for example, with winter clothing. They yeah. want to pass to home so they can drive it to us. And Garage full of yeah. food and stuff. Yeah. So, but for us, it's a blessing. And we understand that it's good to for some volunteers not to sleep in the van yeah. while they're working and doing. Oh, it makes such a big difference, isn't it? Yeah. Work. Yeah. Just to, to have a shower, to have a good warm bed. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for us. But the question is, have you ah, done that? Plans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like now I know why God pushed me out of Novotoshkiske before the war. 
So I would have many connections before it started. So I would know whom to call. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we would be able to evacuate. So we, thank you, Jesus, evacuated every family with children. So now they're all safe. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. Great job. And I remember talking into evacuation, the last family, she got two little ones um, of fourth grade. And the one, uh, Andre, my good uh, friend, he was 18 or 19. And their dad won't go. He was like, no, I'm not come, going. I won't be some homeless person somewhere there oh, out of my yeah. home. Oh. And I'm like, look at your children. And Kola would so much push them like, no, you have to go for your children. Yeah. <coughs> and now they are in the pro region and they're thankful. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I knew that now I see the purpose why I yeah, did it. looking back. And even maybe this is the reason he got me into Novotoshkiski because really I um, I saw two people repenting, like two mm, teens repented, but then they ended up one in the army and another one just helping and not in the church. And for me, it's painful. I want to see them all saved. Walking with Jesus. Yeah. But maybe, I don't know. I don't know his plans. <laughs> yeah. So after I want so much to uh, get back to Luhansk region, I don't know yet what I will do there because I think it takes a lot of time to repair and it's to gonna start. It's going to be rebuilding lives, isn't it? Yeah. And rebuild, yes, not even buildings, but lives. Yeah. And I don't know how long that process is going to take for children to be able to go to school. or, mm. But I want to be a part of it. This okay. is what I know for sure. Wow. So while I'm in two minds, like what to do, I don't know what to do now. I'm just praying and asking God and waiting. Yeah. I don't want to rush it, like you said. Wow. Well, Dasha, I want to thank you so much for your hospitality to me personally, but much bigger than that i want to thank you on behalf of all those people who you've managed to get to safety and all thank those people you have encouraged and cheered along the way and all those people you've fed and given beds to and got food to in the trenches of and on horrible cold block posts and stuff mm-hmm. you really have been a mm-hmm. champion and i i'm going to pray that God will guide you and direct your steps. I absolutely believe he will. Um, and I'm sure everyone listening to this is going to be joining me. So Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for Dasha, this incredible champion of yours and for all that she's done and how she's just galvanised people into action and um, been an inspiration to so many people and a practical help and an actual saviour to people. Lord, we thank you. And I'm asking now that you will direct her path. She'll provide everything she needs for every step of the journey and lead her by your beautiful presence. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed this podcast, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I hope for. Please do share it, like it, pass it on, get it out there. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day.